So before we get underway with the latest episode, I want to turn your attention towards Betway. Betway are India's number one predictor app with a plethora of really attractive features to participate in on the app and on their website. Head on over to the link in the bio to check out Betway's latest predictor game and a whole lot more that they have for offer. This game involves financial risks and can be addictive. Kindly play responsibly and at your own risk. Hubhopper Originals. This is his first ball. Through the gap, on the offside, listen to it. Hello fellow inmates from my in to yours. You're listening to the cricketnews.com podcast with me Sumit Bilgi. This is a weekly show where we present to you the latest happenings from the world of cricket, get you closer to some of the most extraordinary minds that will take us all beyond the technical and much closer to the many beautiful sides of this beautiful game. We'll talk about the finances, the sciences, the emotions, the euphoria and the stories that engulf cricket and make it much much more than just a sport. And after all of that poetic stuff, chalo, reality se thoda vaakif hote hain. Let's get on with the show. Yes, so I said reality se thoda vaakif hote hain, right? And the reality of the moment is that some guy ate a bat in China and now we're all stuck on our couches. I mean, let me at the outset just say that none of this is derogatory towards the situation. It's a troublesome time where we've lost lives but our attempt is to take a lighter look at the situation via cricket. Right? Okay. And so here we are midway into 2020 which was supposedly the year of cricket. What now guys? By now the IPL would have been a couple of days away from the final. By now we'd know if MS Dhoni still has it or not. Or oh, let me rephrase that. Does he want to or not play at the T20 World Cup? We'd also know if RCB finished 7th or 8th or 1st in the points table, not sure. And so many questions that we thought were so relevant in the pre-pandemic era would have seen some answers. Compared to the questions we're asking right now about cricket, the pre-pandemic ones seem like kindergarten stuff, don't they? Point of the matter is cricket fans or sports fans have nothing to do right now except stalking Instagram lives. Speaking of Instagram lives, if you're from India and you're listening to this, there is this whole YouTube versus TikTok vibe going on right now, right? The whole Kariminati TikTok thing. And within the cricket space, there is something similar going on as well. It's the Instagram lives versus TikTok battle between the cricketers. On one end, there is Rohit Hitman Sharma who is on with his Instagram lives. And the other end is David Warner, Kevin Peterson and now a pioneer of entertainment from the world of cricket has joined the ring as well but more on that a little later speaking of rohit listen to this conversation that he had with yuzvendra chahal who by the way is hot property for both tiktok and instagram at the moment clearly he doesn't pick sides uh, he didn't even do it supposedly in the whole rohit and virat thing either anyway <clears throat> anyway so here's rohit and yuzi chatting on instagram live where yuzvendra chahal is heard describing what is usual quarantine day sounds like yes bhaiya दूध पिलाने के लिए फिर दूध पीते हैं फिर वापिस सो जाते हैं फिर दो बजे उठते हैं फिर लंच करते हैं फिर थोड़ा फैमिली के साथ टाइम स्पेंड करते हैं फिर 
रूम पे आगे वीडियो देखते हैं थोड़ा नेटफ्लिक्स वगैरह एमेजोन वगैरह जो भी है वो देखते हैं फिर रात को डिनर करते हैं फिर वापस आ जाते हैं फिर पबजी खेलते हैं Now the TikTok side was obviously being led by David Warner, who has his whole family doing fun stuff on the platform. With Chahel, who is really not Team TikTok, but uh, is pretty much a flag bearer of TikTok for a while now. Uh, but another person who's joined the ring is Kevin Peterson, who's made the move from Instagram Lives to Team TikTok. And uh, we have to say this: he looks like one of those middle-aged uncles dancing at weddings. little awkward but still having the time of his life but we'll be kind with kp because we know he's a nice guy and uh, he's hoping that he brings us more fun tiktok stuff in the future but the pick of all the latest additions in the world of tiktok is the incomparable the immaculate and the impeccable navjot singh sidhu yes sir sidhu is back his last tweet still remains july 2019 but here he is on tiktok and i can't tell you how excited i am Listen to this clip where he announces his arrival on the platform in typical Navjot Singh Sidhu style. Parindon ko manzil milegi hamesha ye phaile hue unke pankh bolte hain. Wahi log rehte hain khamosh aksar zamane mein jinke hunar bolte hain. Manzil-e-maqsood destination TikTok. Khol lo apne phone. Follow karo sahi jagah pahuncho Navjot Singh Sidhu official. प्लेटफॉर्म नाउ एनी वे वाइल ऑल ऑफ दिसक्शन There have been some conversations in cricket, primarily relating to the restart of cricket, that have taken steam in the last couple of weeks. The BCCI is thinking of an isolation camp. The ECP hasn't has gotten individual training underway as well, and Cricket Australia, with their financial situation being really bad, is not far behind either. The ICC has also recommended banning saliva to shine the ball. Don't know if that means goodbye to the bowlers having some say in limited over sport or not, but that's just how things are. Anyway, apart from of the many many other talking points which we will be taking up in the coming weeks, the one major conversation is about the finances that engulf cricket at the moment, and how can we get the cricket economy back to its feet? The apprehension around the T20 World Cup is due to the logical issues, of course, and if reports are to be believed, the T20 World Cup is all set to be postponed. CricketNews.com obviously reported this a couple of days ago as well. that it's all but a formality now and that it will be announced in a couple of weeks which clears the way for the IPL to happen however it's pretty clear at the moment that if the IPL happens or not is a question of how india deals with novel coronavirus now the cases are going up that is that is something that we have to deal with and so despite the government clearing the way for sporting tournaments to happen without crowds in the stands of course it all depends on how we deal with the virus in the next couple of months uh and uh, you know the conversation around the ipl also has been the same the ipl is definitely the main conversation at the moment and with arun dhumal saying that the bcci might lose close to 4000 crores if the ipl doesn't happen 
we thought this calls for an understanding of how the money flows in the system and how it affects not only the BCCI but the many many stakeholders including the cricket boards of foreign players as well yes you heard that right that's how far the financial impact of the IPL is in today's times and so the first guest on the cricketnews.com podcast is someone who will help us understand the same He is the founder of Law NK, which has been advising the ICC and BCCI on legal matters on important tournaments in the past. Law NK has also been advising cricketers from various parts of the world in legal matters as well. He is a founding partner at Go Sports, which promotes Olympic athletes and and Olympic sports in the country. Please welcome winner of the President's Award for Promotion of Sport, Mr. Nandan Kamath. You're listening to the cricketnews.com podcast. Thank you for joining me Nandan. How are you? Uh doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me. How's the lockdown treating you? <laughs> it's uh, been an interesting experience trying trying to get used to the the new realities. Uh law, lawyers are in good demand but uh, I don't know for how long. So straight off the bat Nandan, you know, once things become, you know, a little normal once things begin to move and the economy is working we are allowed to not be distant socially anymore do you reckon sports should be given a priority because it brings a vast community of people around the world together it's not just about you know something that people like to watch on the telly but it's also about people who've got their livelihoods attached with various sports not just cricket mind you do you look at it that sports should be given a priority once things begin to get back to normal so my answer is certainly going to be biased i'm going to say yes uh, but i have a feeling it's a chance to really reassess how we look at sport uh, in the last few decades i think it's grown in a very very uh, top heavy manner where a lot of attention is given to the top few athletes and almost to the exclusion of a lot of other things uh, just the notion of being really good and elite athletes has been given such large symbolic uh, value that the yeah. whole notion of sports for everyone uh, community sport uh, just everyone getting fitter and more active uh, possibly has got left behind but now you know there's a the pause button has been pressed for everyone so if you want to bring change this is a fantastic time for change because everyone is in pause mode uh, sometimes change is more difficult when some people are running and some people are trying to change direction there but this is uh, one of those rare opportunities and i just feel uh, it's a chance to take a couple of steps back and especially for a country like india where there's so much potential unfulfilled potential just rebalancing how we look at sport looking at how we want to govern it and how we want to involve more and more people in it i'd like to say that sport is not really for ever done for its own sake uh, in these times i think sport is going to have three different types of roles to play one is going to be as balm and really in a healing sense healing us after yes. this we're going to need a lot of healing two is is glue which is to bring us together uh, these times are unprecedented times because we are being asked to stay apart physically and to yeah. actually be suspicious of the other and we're going to need a lot of things to bring us closer together not just as common fans of the same team but just even physically together to trust uh, the notion of touch the trust the notion of touching common things and sport is a very neutral um, safe space and we need to cultivate that again i think the third is really sport as catalyst to inspire yeah. us to do more both at the personal level as well as the national level 
So balm, glue, and catalyst. That's actually a wonderful way to put it. You know, just narrowing back again to to cricket because that's what our stomping ground is at the moment. A property that that glued and acted as a catalyst for cricket um, to move into a new phase was obviously the Indian Premier League when it began, and how it has obviously acted as you know a glue to get Indian cricketers from small towns to come and rub shoulders with the world's best, um, and acted as a catalyst for 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 cricket. Not just in India, but also in associate nations and in small countries and around the world to sort of, you know, it has acted as a great level playing field. And not just for cricketers, obviously, there are multiple stakeholders in this beautiful little circus that we call the IPL. There are small business holders, there are the athletes, there are former cricketers, there are people like me from the media, for a while. Um, so there are multiple players that come together to make this beautiful little play happen for, you know, which goes on for about two months. And now this little play that we were eagerly waiting for, obviously, for a while, might obviously not happen. When we were having a chat a couple of days ago, you rightly mentioned that, you know, tournaments of the magnitude of the IPL ensure that money goes down to the grassroots as well. So in a scenario like this, where the IPL is not really... We, it doesn't seem likely to happen. What could be, you know, the repercussions that we, uh, the cricket ecosystem could face this year and maybe till, you know, cricket resumes? So the IPL revenue is one of many sources of revenue, uh, clearly a very significant source of, source of revenue. And let's try and understand how that revenue comes in. So the, the BCCI is the, the event uh, organizer of the IPL. And it really becomes the central fulcrum around which the whole commerce and the business model of IPL occurs. Now, from that center, uh, I think the impact of the IPL is very relevant to see how it radiates outwards, not only to its central uh, stakeholders, like obviously the franchises, the broadcaster, the sponsor and the players. But as you go further away from the court, there are equally people who are dependent on the IPL occurring and its business model. This could include uh, the state associations, which get distributions from the BCCI. It could include uh, officials, freelancers, event managers, uh, allied businesses. There's so many businesses built around cricket, for example, doing journalism, fantasy sport, so allied businesses. And the, the reality is all of them face the consequences of a missing event, just to start with. So essentially what the IPL business model had is for the first 10 years, the franchises had to pay a franchise fee to the BCCI and to enjoy a certain percentage of the central revenues. What happened after the 10th year is that they had to pay a percentage of their revenue instead. So any Uh revenue they make, they they have to pay in, I think, 20% back to the BCCI. There's no flat Mm -hmm. fee involved. The broadcaster pays an amount, the central sponsor pays an amount. And what the BCCI does is for holding the tournament, it actually keeps 50% of the central revenue and distributes the other 50%. So from the broadcast deal, from the deal with Vivo, from the other central sponsorships, it keeps 50%. And I think that is estimated to be about 2,500 crores per year. Yes. So you have to presume yes. that over. So let's uh, separate the, the two bits. So one is the, okay. the amount that the BCCI keeps, right? The 1,200 crores it would okay. have kept. It actually uh, distributes this amount. So BCCI, you have to recognize, is also a membership organization. Absolutely. It has as its members the various state associations, the cricket yeah. uh, associations at the state level. 
each of those gets a distribution of that income and yep. once they get it in an annual distribution they actually use it to develop the game so it could be building stadiums it could be play, uh, paying the players who turn up for them paying officials setting up cricket academies and that is the mandate for those distributions it is for the pushing the the value of sport down to the grassroots and this right. is the model followed everywhere you look at the olympics you look at fifa your event at the top of the pyramid is actually the basis of, on which the whole uh, sports economy right from the top to the grassroots little events that occur uh, interstate tournaments inter district tournaments all of that the major source of revenue is the revenue from major sporting events so right. the bcci not receiving this money actually is not just the bcci but that entire pyramid of cricket getting impacted from the failure of this money to enter the cricket system yeah yes. separately so maybe if you want to talk about the other 50% which would have tr- yes. gone to the franchise oh, so the, the there are eight franchises who would have shared that money and okay. that would have gone parts of that would have gone to pay the players for turning up so the the player contract is between the franchises and and the players parts yes. of that would have gone to pay uh, pay the venues so the stadiums the state associations that host the matches also get a per match day fee from the franchise part yes. of it would have actually gone to the na- national cricket associations of the foreign players who are released so there's a rule where 20% of the player fee so in mm-hmm. addition to the 100% that you pay the player 20% yes. additional has to be paid to the, the the national association so if it's a cricket australia player cricket australia gets paid 10% by the bcci and 10% by the franchise even nations that are connected to these players who come and play even they lose out on you know an important revenue the reality sumed is what from what we've seen there are many many people who rely on their annual income for these two or three months of work so freelance many Absolutely. people making maybe 60 70% of their annual income in these two months so it actually yeah. sucks out the whole uh, finance from the whole system it's it may be seen as a bcci loss but yes. uh, i think very rarely have we seen such large cancellation of events and the reverberations are found right down the system which actually is a simple uh, demonstration of how impactful the ipl has been on the economy of sport and the professionalization of sport how much allied business and industry has built around this on the content side on the fantasy sport side on equipment on uh, the, obviously on entertainment and gaming watching the matches and so yeah. many brands actually set aside money for their campaigns and in fact planned launches during the summer uh when yeah. the ipl was simply because of the bang for the buck so what happens to these contracts now so all of these contracts are premised on sort of the immovable force of ipl that it's going to occur and uh, yes. in many ways this is an unknown unknown right no one could have planned for this and many contracts will have to be redrafted and reimagined in terms of someone is going to have to bear the loss are yes. those losses going to be shared uh, is that impact going to be taken equally by multiple stakeholders or does uh, one or two of the larger stakeholders absorb that and compensate those are very large open questions but the, the positive thing from the ipl perspective honestly is that uh, the bcci still has a significant amount of reserves and i see that as a significant positive because the holding of any event whether it's the ipl this year 
whether it's the T20 World Cup, whether it's the IPL the following year, the costs of doing it are going to increase yes. certainly by a multiple mm-hmm. of holding a, a safe event, not only for players, yes. but also for spectators who come in. So the, the yes. presence of some level of, of capital and that uh, that uh, nest egg which the BCCI has, I think yes. can significantly impact uh, coming back as soon as possible because I think any investment in safety will will have its immediate returns. So there's an established business model there. The the investment that would be put into event safety would have immediate returns. So even though it might cost a bit more, there is established way of recouping that that investment. And I think this is a fantastic time for the BCCI, given its financial strength, to mm-hmm. to uh, take its rightful place in sort of the leadership of the game as well. Uh, it really has a chance to uh, bring it back for players, for the international community and the IPL as a celebration, whenever it does come back, I think has that chance, like we said, to to really uh, bring back both the symbolic as well as the financial into the into the game, not only in India but in many of the other territories as well. That's that on episode one of the cricketnews.com podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We did memes and some serious stuff on this episode with Nandan Kamath, who gave us an insight into why the absence of a tournament of the magnitude of the IPL could be pretty bad on the whole sports ecosystem. While obviously the reality is very appalling and things are very difficult for us to understand at the moment for all the stakeholders uh, that are involved in the IPL or in fact in the sports or the cricket ecosystem at the moment, what's important is that we remain hopeful and we prepare for a time where we begin to rebuild and re-extract whatever's lost in all of this. Obviously what's important at this moment is human life and valuing it and making sure that we protect as many lives as possible and so as Nandan very very rightly said, when things go back to normal, we reassess all of this and usher a new wonderful era in the world of sport which brings hope to so many people out there. Follow us on Hubhopper for more episodes, we'll be coming in every week hopefully with more stories from the world of cricket, more people, more interesting people to talk to and the latest happenings of course via myself. My name is Sumit. This is the cricketnews.com podcast. See you next week. Bye-bye. This Hub Hopper original ko sunne ke liye aapka shukriya. Agar aap bhi apna podcast launch karna chahte hain, to Hub Hopper Studio website pe register kare aur 1 minute ke andar andar apna khud ka podcast launch kare. Yahi nahi, studio deta hai aapko puri azadi kahin bhi, kabhi bhi apna podcast launch karne ki sirf 3 aasan steps mein. To saath mein apna podcast shuru karne ke liye taiyar. Just hop on. Hub Hopper, simply content.